I think everybody here knows that an icon is an image that represents a function on a cell phone or a computer. If you want to access a program, you click on the icon. Icon has become a term in our technical vocabulary, but it's not originally an English word. It comes from the Greek word pronounced the same way, icon, that means image or likeness. We don't think of it this way, but when we use the word icon, we're speaking recognizable Greek, but you won't be able to use the word to get yourself an ouzo at Greek town. And it says something else. The presence of iconic symbols on your computer screen says that human beings are image makers. We've been making icons, images of the world and ourselves, for thousands of years. If you want to get a sense of how many thousands of years, the best place to start would be with Chauvet-Pondarc in southern France and the Department of the Ardèche. Because it was there in 1994 that some amateur cavers discovered what was described as a prehistoric Sistine Chapel, a cave that hadn't been entered into for thousands of years because it had been, for some reason, blocked up. Inside were cave paintings of prehistoric animals long since extinct. Uh, Well, prehistoric animals long since extinct is a same thing, but they're probably the oldest human art in existence in that cave, dating back perhaps 35,000 years or more to the last ice age when the Alps were encased in 9,000 feet of ice and Europe was in a deep freeze. My point here is not that we make icons, but it's rather to ask what kind of icons do we make? Catholics in the East and the West know that an icon is something to which we give veneration. And unlike Chauvet-Pondarc, which depicts long extinct animals and even the handprints of the people who drew them, the icons that we venerate depict a human body. At the entrance of the church, you will find one such icon, not made in the traditional way on a board with paint, and gold leaf, but written with a needle and thread, 1,029,000 stitches, nearly 15 miles of colored floss made over the course of eight years. The icon above the altar is another example. All the figures there are focused on the one in the center, the Lord Jesus Christ, just as everything in the icon radiates from him. So does everything point to him. He is the theological center of the church, her scriptures, her sacraments, her worship, and her life. He's not only the Lord of all, he is the pattern and the architect of all. He is the chief engineer of the universe as well as its creator and its goal. Matthew's gospel that we just heard, the passage of the transfiguration, is another example of iconography, but this time one that is written in words. At the center of the scene on Mount Tabor is a human being from whom pours the light that existed before the sun and the stars were made. It is the uncreated light of pure divinity, a light brighter and more powerful than the light that burns at the center of the sun over 12 million degrees Celsius. The Gospel tells us 
that this divine light burns in and through the flesh of a fellow human being. Eternity is contained in a mortal body, and the vessel is not consumed. Now, if the human flesh of Jesus Christ is capable of bearing this unbounded, unspeakable, unknowable divinity, what must we say about our own flesh? But this is the truth that we celebrate in the divine liturgy every Sunday. We are the God-bearing images of the one who fashioned and redeemed us. And this means that when we look at an icon, we are really meant to see more than just a piece of art. We're meant to see the mirror image of ourselves. And here's the problem. There is a difference between seeing and being. The Church has never separated orthodoxy from orthopraxis, worship from life. If we don't recognize our unique calling, it's because we suffer from what I would like to call um, TCD, theological cognitive dissidence. It means that we talk the talk, but we don't walk the walk. And that's more than our failure to live up to our human potential. If that were the case, then we would celebrate the sacrament of reconciliation by saying, Bless me, Father, for I am not self-actualized. Lent offers TCD sufferers a 40-day course in reality therapy that begins with the admission that we have failed to be the living icons in whose image we were created from the beginning. You don't have to travel to France to see the cave art at Chauvet Pont d'Arc. You only have to click on the YouTube icon and type Cave of Forgotten Dreams, Werner Herzog's 2010 documentary. Unfortunately, holiness does not come quite so easy. If you want to arrive at Easter as the renewed image of the one in whom you were baptized, then you and I must undergo the therapy of purification that we call Lent.